Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you guys are all having a phenomenal week so far. If this is your first episode tuning in with us, then welcome. I am so grateful that you chose to spend your time with us today, especially for this week's guest, Miss Jen Gottlieb. So, Jen is the co-founder and chief mindset officer at Super Connector Media, and in this role, she teaches entrepreneurs to leverage their authentic selves and cultivate the mindsets needed to share their expertise with the world. Leveraging her past as a TV and Broadway star, Jen helps talented individuals share their work authentically so they can help more people and make more impact. Keyword, authentically. I've always believed that we're all born with unique gifts and the way that we show up in the world, the way that we tell our stories, the way that we inspire the people around us is given from our own unique vantage point. And by owning that, embracing that, telling that, sharing that, and being as unapologetically yourself as you possibly can, you give the freedom to others to do the same. And that's exactly what Jen helps people do. So Jen is an amazing story, uh, which we dive into a lot on this episode. Everything from her start studying musical theater in New York City, how she got on The Wedding Singer on Broadway, and the entire story of how she visualized and manifested that and all the work that went into her creating the life that she loved, how she went into certain careers that she didn't necessarily align with because other people wanted her to do that, and then how she found her way back. It is a beautiful story. And in this week's deep dive interview, you'll get to see the difference the right lens has on your experiences, your successes in your life. You'll see how belief in your dreams clear the way for the actions, mindset, and behaviors that create success. One of my favorite things that Jen mentioned on this episode was how you don't need to have 100% belief in what you're doing to get started or move forward. You just need to be 51% sure that this is the right decision you need to make. And if you're 51% sure, if you're just a little bit more sure than you're not, you can create enough momentum to just move forward and cast your dice and do the things you need to do to get the ball rolling. And once you're on the train of momentum, it's a lot easier to keep it. Jen is one of my favorite people. I met her at one of uh, Super Connector Media's live events in New York City called Unfair Advantage Live. You can go check out those links in the show notes if you're interested in seeing all the work that Jen and her team does to help individuals. And I am a massive fan. We've had many conversations around manifesting and the law of attraction and visualizing and how you can create an empowered life for yourself, how your mindset shift and your mindset in general can just change the way that you view the world, who you help, how you help them. We've had several conversations off the mic about things like these. So I'm just very grateful that we got a chance to dive in and be on the mic so that all of you can benefit from 
the amazingness that is Jen Gottlieb. So I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode and I hope you guys enjoyed the challenge over the past week. And I hope you guys are really just embracing everything there is to embrace about this one life we have. So if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any of the podcast apps you listen to us on. All that means is every single time we release something new, drop straight in your phone or listening device so that you can never miss another episode. Join the Stay Grounded community on Facebook. Uh, You can go to rajana.com forward slash stay grounded to access all sorts of goodies. Like I said, guys, we are here for you. I'm so excited. And without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce this week's guest, Miss Jen Gottlieb. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Grounded. Hope everybody listening is uh, excited and ready for our wonderful guest today, Miss Jen. How are you, Jen? Oh my gosh, Raj, I am so, so good and so unbelievably excited to get to chat with you and record the whole thing. Yeah. Every time we talk, I get my mind gets blown and expanded, and I have all these incredible things happen to me after I talk to you. So, how cool is it that we get to record one of our conversations and other people get to be a fly on the wall? I'm going to echo everything you just said. I think that, and this goes back to, I think, in any phase of life, but I think when you're surrounded by people that are positive, uplifting, believing in, them, in themselves, or just the powers around them, magic happens. It doesn't matter where it is or how it is. And I've always felt that around you, uh, Jen. And that's why I couldn't wait to have you here and go down the rabbit hole. You ready? I'm so ready. So I already introed you in all of your wonderfulness before this episode started. Uh, but I wanted to dive in particularly uh, something I'm curious about. So we've been friends for about a year now. Mm-hmm. And I've been seeing and following the growth and watching life sort of unfold for you in many ways, you know, things that you dreamed about, things that you were visualizing, whether they were relationships or businesses or opportunities or places or people. I've just been quietly and beautifully admiring how life has been unfolding the way you've always wanted to. So I kind of wanted to start there and dive into the power of visualization in your own life. Was that a habit that you always had and practiced and got better at over time? Was that something you picked up along the way? When was really the first time you started believing in the power of visualization? I love this question so much. We actually, yesterday, we got to do a film, a documentary. There's um, our amazing friend, Pat Solomon, is doing a documentary all about like manifesting money and the law of attraction and how it works with money. And so we got to tell all of our stories about uh, visualization and manifesting and when we started believing in it. And so if this has like been a theme of the week. And when I was running this morning, you know, I always thought that there was a specific moment when I started these practices. And I'll tell you that moment. But I had this thought this morning when I was running that I have subconsciously been visualizing like and visual doing visualization and manifesting pretty much my entire life without realizing it. I think I was just very conditioned in a lot of limiting beliefs that I needed to release before I could actually manifest the things that I was visualizing. And it wasn't until I did that, that things started to actually happen. But I remember being a kid and, you know, living in other worlds in my mind. 
like what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be and visualizing like when I was dancing on like my Fisher Price blue plastic table and visualizing that it was a stage with millions of people in the audience. And I remember like, even when I was just started exercising, like going to speak with like the very first spin class I ever went to. And this was before I even knew about the law of attraction or anything. I would visualize myself like spinning towards my goals and, and, you know, coming to think about that now, like, okay, I think we all do our own form of that, even if you don't realize that you're doing it. And once you can realize how to do it and really hone into it, like the possibilities are endless. But the first time that I really realized the power of visualizing and believing and taking action and manifesting everything that you want was when I I moved to New York City to become an actress. And I went to musical theater school here in New York. And the very first show that I saw on Broadway when I moved here was The Wedding Singer. You know, the Adam Sandler movie? Yeah. Wedding Singer? Okay. So I went to see that show on Broadway. And this woman, Felicia Finley, played the role of Linda. Linda's the bitch that leaves him at the altar, the ex-girlfriend. Yeah. And in the show, she's got like the greatest part ever. She's hilarious. And she has two huge songs that like steal the show. And she's so funny. And I watched this woman play this role. And I turned to my friend and I said to him, I'm going to play that part one day. It was like, God came down and told me, you need to play that role. Like it just, it, it was calling me stronger than I've ever had like any kind of calling in my entire life. I was not a spiritual person at that time, nor was I into any kind of personal growth. I just knew I'm going to do that. And then someone gave me the book, The Secret, like right around that time. And um, a couple of my friends were reading it. My mom was into it. And I found out that like Oprah was talking about this thing called the law of attraction, where if you imagine something, it magically will happen. And that's what I, that's what I thought it was. I was like, oh, cool. So if I think about a pen, it's going to appear. Or if I think about like a whole bunch of money, it's going to appear. Awesome. I'm like, I don't necessarily really believe in this hundred percent. Seems kind of woo. But I was curious. And I always tell people now, you don't need to believe in anything 100%. I don't believe in anything 100%. You just need to believe it a little bit more than you don't. Just Mm -hmm. a little bit. And that's the thing that's going to get you to take action to keep going, to believe a little more and a little more. So I believed it a little bit more than I didn't. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do an experiment. I'm going to see if this works, this whole thing. Like, you know, they say, try practicing by manifesting a pen. Like, you know, think about the pen and then you see the pen, whatever. And I'm like, screw that. I'm not going to manifest a pen. I'm going to manifest being on Broadway. I'm going to be Linda in The Wedding Singer. And this is going to be my experiment. So I did all the things The Secret told me to do. So I made a vision board, all Wedding Singer stuff. And every night before I went to sleep, I envisioned myself on the stage in the costume hearing the audience, see, like feeling, I got really detailed. I felt the lights on my body and I would sing the songs. I would like almost soothe myself to sleep while I would, you know, practice her songs in my mind and like hear the audience applaud and feel what the costume felt like and really put myself there. And I did that every single night while I was in school. And then I went even above and beyond and I went to musical theater school. So we had to perform songs as our tests or, you know, and so I picked all of the wedding singer songs, all of, and I would rehearse them for school as if I was rehearsing for the Broadway show. And I would tell everybody like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be Linda and the wedding singer. I truly believed it. So what happens with this visualization and the law of attraction and people think, you know, I think where the secret gets it wrong is it makes people believe that if you think about it and you put it on a vision board, it's going to magically happen. What happens is 
your subconscious mind really doesn't understand or doesn't know the difference between a real memory and a fake one. So I was imprinting this memory that I had done this part in my subconscious brain. So then the action steps that you need to take to get there are a lot less scary because you're like, oh, I did that already. No big deal. Like that's not that scary. So when I went to the audition, like it was a lot easier for me to notice the audition and go to the audition and show up instead of being scared and not show up. There were a lot of hurdles. I won't go through all the details in order for me to get this role, but I basically went to the first audition, made it to the final two, was battling back and forth with this other girl. She gets the part. I didn't get the part. But because I did all of this visualizing for an entire year before, I completely and totally believed that it's okay. I'm not that upset, even though I would have been upset previously if I didn't do that. That's fine. I'm just, it's not my time yet. You know, and then I went to another audition and I still didn't get it. And then I had to sneak into a different audition with a a director that I found out that was doing the show that wasn't doing it immediately and like dresses Linda. I did all these crazy things. And to make a long story short, after finally booking the role as an understudy and then having to play this other part and watch this girl that I knew that I was better than play the part for two months and it like killed me inside. This was like, it took probably from the moment that I started like trying to manifest this to the moment that I actually got the role was probably two years of not getting it and not getting it and not getting it and not getting it. But the thing that kept me going through all of that time was all of the work that I did when I was like fully and completely living in it and believing it. And the kicker and the thing that now to answer your question in the longest way possible, (laughs) that makes me believe fully in this. And I love telling the story because it's reminding me today is that when I performed the role for the very first time on a stage, in front of an audience, the exact scene that I saw, like the theater, the way that I felt in the costume, the lights on my body, the sound of the audience, like everything to the T, the way that it looked was exactly the same. And I'm not exaggerating. It was exactly the same as the the visualizations that I had done two years prior when I would like soothe myself to sleep, visualizing playing that part. And that was so powerful that after that moment, like I walked backstage after I sang the song, I collapsed on the floor and I was hysterical. And I was just like, anything that I want, like this shit works. Yeah. I can create anything that I want. There's so much power in every in that, in that one story. And I, and I want to just count again, the one thing that stood out to me the most was believing in something a little bit more than not believing in it. It's almost like a cheat code for just taking baby steps. Because you don't need to have all the answers. You're right. You never have all the answers. Actually, I would argue that life is about never having answers. It's about making the most of what's in your hand. And if you just believe a little bit more in the hand you have, then that changes the trajectory of the actions you take. You act in a different way. You feel different. You are always going to look at life as it's happening for you as opposed to it happening to you. And you almost like built that mindset just by believing a little bit more. And then when things didn't go your way, it didn't matter because you still believed in things a little bit more. And all that work you did leading up to it just led to the, to, to, to everything the who you already knew you were. Now I want to focus on the moment you felt called when you saw that performance for the first time, you said, I'm going to be this one. I'm going to perform. I'm going to do this. I've heard other people feel that too. Like, oh, I saw something. What do you think differentiated you in that moment 
from saying and having the confidence to even say that I'm going to be up there one day and others maybe talking themselves out of it. Because at that moment, you hadn't really built up the, the I guess, the, the person you are now. And if someone looked at you now, they'd be like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. Jen can do this. But at that moment, you had the confidence to say that. Where do you think that confidence came from? I have to give my parents credit in this a big time because I'm very blessed that growing up, I was, you know, we're all conditioned when we're growing up, when we're kids to our, our limiting beliefs. I think a lot of the time come from when we're babies that uh, condition, like our parents put it, instill in us. And my parents always told me growing up that you can do anything that you put your mind to. They always told me that anything that you want to do, if you work hard and you go for it, you can do it. So I'm very blessed. And I'm very lucky to have that. So I've always had that mindset. I'm not saying I don't have limiting beliefs and fears. And the whole process, the two years, there were plenty of times where I was like, "Ugh, maybe this isn't going to happen for me," you know, or I'm or being petrified when I was in that audition and I was battling it out with this other girl and hearing her sing and being like, "Oh my god, she's so much better than me. I suck," you know. Those voices are still there. But like I said, you need to believe it a little bit more than you don't. So those voices are going to be there. It's all going to be there. Even probably when I said that to Pat, like, I'm going to play that part one day, there probably was a voice that said, how are you going to do that? But I had that little, little tiny bit of me that believed. And I was like, I just, I leaned in on that. I leaned in on the fact that, no, I that voice that said, no, I can do anything that I set my mind to. And then what happens, like for me especially, and this is actually, there's a lot of science around this, is every single time you make a commitment to yourself and you follow through with that commitment, even if it's the littlest thing, even if it's like, I'm going to get up at 5 a.m. tomorrow, I'm not going to hit the snooze button. And you follow through with that commitment that you made yourself, you are then triggering in your brain, oh, I can do that. I just got a win. Like that felt good. Dopamine hit to my brain. I'm going to make another little commitment to myself and take another little action and get another little win. And it's every single time you do that, baby win, baby win, baby win, believing a little bit more than you don't and taking action and getting a win. Sometimes that win is actually a failure. Like sometimes that win yep. auditioning and getting to the final two, but not getting it. Because that's a win because if I got it then, I wouldn't have had the life that I have now. I wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to tell you this story, right? So every failure actually is a win. So anytime you take action, whether what you want happens or doesn't, it's still a little win that will give you the momentum and the motivation to then take another baby step and believe a little bit more than you don't. So what I feel like is I've really throughout my life by doing the scary thing and believing a little bit more than I didn't and taking that tiny little baby step and doing the scary shit that makes me feel uncomfortable again and again and again, they all added up to me then believing more and taking another step and put me where I am here today. So it wasn't because I was like, yes, I believe fully, you know, no, I have limiting beliefs. It's just pushing past it a little, little tiny bit, taking a little action and then doing it again and then again and again. It's the consistency of courage. Yep. Right. It's, I like that. It's not necessarily believing it once and then riding that high. I mean, you know, to me, motivation bottled up is consistency. Actually, I heard this quote, I don't remember who told me this, but it was dream bigger than you've ever dreamed, but act smaller than you've ever acted. When you combine both of those concepts, that's the combination of having the courage to take those steps forward, but just being a little bit better or making a commitment to yourself so that you can build the confidence, which leads to momentum. And 
makes bigger steps and bigger leaps. And then eventually you naturally move forward because going backwards isn't an option. Yep. And I think that's what the initial phases of any rocket launch is. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of push. It's a lot of going against gravity, but that's what it takes to then get to a point where saying yes is the natural option. Now, when you have these fears come up, what does your conversation look like with them? Were you always aware of your fears and these limiting beliefs? Or was there a moment that you were aware of the way you were speaking to yourself? I was never aware for a very long time. So I always thought that these nasty things that I was saying to myself, A, were true. And they were the truth. And that's it. And I would talk to myself in a horrible way for a very long time. You know, you're ugly, you're fat, you're not good enough, all these things. And that was just normal. You know, that didn't feel like there was anything wrong with that because I didn't know any different. And that resulted in a lot of really unhealthy behavior. I had a horrible eating disorder. I was in a bad place for a really long time. I dated the wrong people. I mean, all of these things I'm unbelievably grateful now for, you know, if you, when you connect the dots looking backwards, I know why all of that happened. And they were all so unbelievably necessary, including all those nasty things that I said to myself for me to be able to now sit here and do what I do and share this message and serve people and help people in a big way. So don't regret any of it. Incredibly grateful. But I realized started to realize the things that I was saying to myself when I started to surround myself with healthier people. That was a big lesson that I've learned over the past five years specifically, that you are the average of the people you spend the most time with. And I was spending time with people that would really treat themselves like shit. And that was the norm and really be in a victim mindset. And really be like, oh, the world is happening to me and I suck and I can't get out of this. And, and when I started to just explore, again, take a little baby step outside of my little circle that I was in and explore people that were doing it differently or read books that were explaining it to me a little differently or listen to, you know, I don't even know if podcasts or, yeah, I mean, a few podcasts, there was a few that I started to get into, but like watching videos or just being around different people, taking little baby steps outside of my environment and opening it up and seeing that other people did it differently and that 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 made me notice holy crap i talk to myself like i'm a piece of shit yeah. and then i really do yeah what would happen if i treated myself the way that i treated a child or you know this concept whenever now like when i speak badly to myself i i check it really quick and i say would you talk to 8 year old jen like that Oh man, that's so powerful. Would you talk to her like that? And no, I would not talk to eight-year-old Jen like that. And I I close my eyes and when I can get in this moment, because sometimes it's hard when you're in a spiral, it's hard to snap yourself out of it. But you know, I take a breath and I close my eyes and I think about myself at eight years old. What would you say to her? Yeah. Would you tell her she sucks? No. You would tell her you're amazing and you're perfect just the way that you are and you keep on going because you're going to crush it or whatever you would say. You know, there's a, a previous guest on the show, a guy named Adam Roa. He had a quote that I loved. It was, treat yourself like someone you love. Mm. And I don't know why we don't. It's like the natural default to treat the people in our lives with love and adoration and support. But the same conversations with ourselves, it's almost like we attach ourselves to our emotions. We attach ourselves to our thoughts. We don't separate ourselves from these beings. And it takes that separation of environment, right? Like, I mean, you did it so beautifully. You had, you said you had the people that you were surrounding yourself with, which is your physical environment. You took baby steps there. 
then there were books. There were that's your mental environment. And then you started believing more, which is your emotional environment. You kind of went at it from every angle until you got to a point where it was like Rockstar Gen, then there's Rockstar Gen over here. It's not necessarily like you're you don't have these dual conversations within yourself. I think that's so important. Why do you think most people are trapped in their own heads when it comes to conversations like these? Why do you think that people have trouble breaking out of the mold and imagine, even having the courage to imagine something different for their lives? I think that all stems from like what I said before, the conditioning we have when we're a kid, like all the things that our parents instill in us from when we're little, that's when our brains get programmed. So if you're you know, around people that say to you, you know, you can only be this, you will only ever be this successful because our family is only ever this successful. You will never make a lot of money. You just have to marry a rich guy and then be taken care of. That's something like my family would say to me because I wanted to be an actress. So they would be like, all right, you're going to have to marry a rich guy. So that was instilled in me. Like I'm never going to make a lot of money. So I lived a very long time thinking, okay, this is just what my life is going to be. I'm never going to make a lot of money. And it's not because I created that. It was, I was conditioned, you know, to believe that. And a lot of the times we get big responsibility to stay linked to people in our lives that may not be the healthiest for us. You know, we, we still feel pulled or we have to be something for other people, specifically for our families, right? Like if they, I know a lot of people, including, you know, myself in some situations where their family environment really is the opposite of the way that they're living their actual life. Like there's yes. a victim mindset, there's a scarcity mindset, there's a big negative mind, like negativity around everything, or they want you to stay a lot of the times just like in their bubble and not successful because of jealousy or because of whatever, because that's our, at socially, we, a lot of the times are meant to believe that if we pull away from that, there's a lot of shame in that because we owe it to our, you have to be good to your family and stay and, you know, be the person that they want you to be, or you owe something to them. And I think that keeps a lot of people on the, on that verge of what you were talking about, like in between really making a huge transformation and not because they're feeling pulled, like they don't want to leave their family behind, or they want, they don't want to leave those beliefs there and families instilled in them behind, or they're doing something wrong or shameful by stepping into this life that is beyond their wildest dreams. Cause they don't want to feel guilty. There's so much there. But isn't it kind of interesting that the biggest gift you can give them is breaking the mold? 100%. The biggest gift you can give is shining as bright as you can. The biggest gift you can sh- really give to anybody is showing them that, hey, I stepped out into this very unknown, scary place and I didn't die. Mm-hmm. I didn't drop. I, I'm not. I'm not over. I'm actually great. That is like, I remember with, even with my family, my previous, I guess, career was, I was a petroleum engineer. That was my previous life before I did anything. I was so scared to tell my family and tell my friends and tell people that I was trying this new thing of entrepreneur. I was, I'm the first entrepreneur in my family. You know, like no one really believed in it. It was like I had in my parents' eyes and my family's eyes, I was making great money. I was in a great place. I was young. I was doing well. I was successful. Yeah. So why would I break that mold? Why would I try something different? And then I did. I tried something different. Yes, it was hard for them to support or even understand or be around it. But then later on, now, you know, my mom is pursuing real estate because she's always wanted to. 
my dad's in better shape than he's ever been in because he finally started asking himself different questions and trying new diets. I mean, my brother's a pilot. Like I have friends that have left their jobs and started new things that they would have never done in the past. Like, and I I think that in the beginning, you're right. It is hard because you think that momentarily there is going to be that, that break where family members, friends, colleagues just don't get it. And there's going to be that, that, that separation. But if you can just, again, believe in something a little bit more, take those little steps, eventually you just, you, you give people the biggest gift by just being a gift yourself. Lead by example, just be the example. And, you know, the more that you can shine and the more that you can be the example, the more that you're going to inspire others, but you can't tell anybody anything. So I always like have to remind myself, just do, don't tell, because I could tell them all day long what they should do. And that's not going to create as much of an impact as me just going and doing it. And like you said, the more that you do it and you prove it and you show it and you walk your talk, the more everybody's like, they watch and they're like, oh my God, I'm inspired. I'm going to too. It's really a magical thing. So when you shine your light, you give permission to others to do the same for others. Courage is contagious. Courage is contagious. Like that's why when you're around people that are unapologetically being themselves, you just feel like some sort of magic. Like you feel that you might not know what it is, but you just feel good around certain people. And I think that's because of that. It's that unapologetic being and shining of who you are. Cause I think we're all born for that. You know, that's why midlife crises exist because people have been following this mold, forgetting who they are. You know, I actually read, I was reading on your website, which I love, by the way, you have a beautiful site. And I was reading your story about how you forgot who you were along the way. And I think so many people do that. I think so many people forget those dreams and those, those, or maybe they were taught to forget and suppress them. And then all of a sudden they come out eventually but there's no hiding who you are. No, you can't in some way, shape or form. It comes out. Let me talk. I want to talk about that. I guess that period of life where you were hiding who you were. Yeah. Can you talk me through that period of when you were working at VH1 and kind of just the, the state and uh, you were in and how you sort of got back to being who you were born to be? So I was on this show after I did Wedding Singer. I got this unbelievable opportunity that, you know, I didn't really know it was going to be the opportunity it turned into. I was called in to audition for this heavy metal show, rock and roll show on VH1. And I was like, cool. I just played this rock and roll chick for a long time. I can get this part. So what did I do? And, And this was a role. This was not to play a different character. This was to be me on a talk show. So it was a girl that needed to know about heavy metal music and about rock and roll music. So what did I do? I Googled everything there was to Google about heavy metal music. I knew nothing, but I was like, all right, I'm going to know everything there is to know. I'm going to know how to talk about it. I'm going to pretend that I love it. Right. This is a great example of how like your authentic self is actually the thing that is always going to get you what you want and not being somebody else. This is a great example, including like just your destiny. So I went to this audition, spending all night Googling about Black Sabbath and Poison and Guns N' Roses and figuring out what my favorite song would be, even though I didn't have a favorite song, you know, but what I could tell them my favorite song was. And so I go in and, you know, I start talking about all this. Like, yeah, I love um, Ozzy Osbourne. And I was just listening to this song. And they're like, great. They're looking at my resume. And at the bottom of my resume, it says, 
that just for fun, I always put this, that I do a great Britney Spears impersonation. Forgot that was on there. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. You do a great Britney Spears impersonation. And I was like, yeah. And they asked me to do it at this heavy metal audition. I'm so prepared to talk about Black Sabbath and Guns N' Roses and all the heavy metal bands. And they asked me to sing like Britney Spears. Oh my God. So I do it. And when they called me, the producer, to tell me that I got the role, he said, you know what, Jen? It was your Britney Spears imitation that got you that role, that got you this. That was such a lesson. Now that I think about it, I'm, it's actually even like right now as I talk about it, I'm really recognizing that lesson even more that that was who I really was. The girl that loves Britney Spears and yes. will do an amazing Britney Spears imitation. I was trying to be somebody else. But the thing that actually got me the job and the opportunity was me being me, not me trying to be the other person. So that's interesting. But uh, I got this gig where I was Miss Box of Junk. That was my name. I was the girl that carried the box of junk. So I was the hot girl that wore the leather pants and the big hair and like carried this box of junk when they, you know, for this game that they played. And I started to just present myself as that person. I was Jennifer from that metal show, Miss Box of Junk, even though I did not like heavy metal music. And I couldn't have been different from the big hair, spray tan, leather pants, ripped up shirt person that I was playing. But that was what I was getting attention and love for doing. And so I really felt like I had to be that person in order to get recognition, in order to get love, in order to be successful in my career. So for years and years and years, I like, at least online or like, you know, where the way that I was representing myself, I was always trying to look a certain way, trying to act a certain way, dress a certain way and represent myself a certain way that was completely not in alignment with who I was. And I didn't really realize at the time that that's what I was doing until it got really, really, really fucking exhausting. Yeah. And like life happens, the show ends, gets canceled after 14 seasons because things end. And then I'm like, all right, now what am I going to (laughs) do? Because that's not who I am. And I actually had to start showing up as me. And that was probably one of the hard, it's so weird. Like why was showing up as myself one of the hardest things I ever had to do? Well, I had all of this fear that was like deeply rooted from all the shit that I used to talk to myself that I wasn't good enough just as I was. And ironically, the more that I started showing up as my authentic self, the more my life started to completely transform and everything that I wanted started to happen. And so then I started doing it a little bit more, believing a little bit more and showing up a little bit more authentically and a little bit more and taking one more step. And then every time I did it, something amazing would happen. And the more yourself you are, the more opportunities that are aligned with your true self you call in because like attracts like. So if I'm being me, I'm going to attract people that are like my authentic self. I'm going to attract opportunities that are more like my authentic self. And that's essentially how my life completely transformed and how I feel like I'm really finally living in my purpose because of that. There's so much. I I, I want this episode to go on for like 10 hours. (laughs) I just like, I want to spend so much time on like every, there's so many things I want to spend time on. So I'm like trying to figure out what I want to ask next because the authentic piece, because that's something that came from you getting the role, which birthed 14 seasons, which then ended and forced you to, again, begin asking yourself those questions. What does being your authentic self feel like? It feels like, if you can remember, so when we're kids, 
when you're a little kid, I have memories from when I was a little kid and think about it. We're not born not confident. We're not born as introverts. We are born loud and proud, right? We run around naked. We have tantrums on the floor. We wear whatever funny costume we want to wear to school. We dance on tables. We ask our parents when we want a hug or a kiss. You know, we're not scared to ask for help or to cry for help or to just be silly and crazy and funny. And my, so whenever I lose who I am, I think back to like when I was six and who was that little girl? And I even will watch old videos of me. And I was like this unapologetic little girl that always wanted to put on shows for people and danced on every single table and every, you know, and anywhere I went, I would be like, everybody sit down. I'm going to put on a show and, you know, threw temper tantrums all the time and didn't care. And I, you know, I was a brat, whatever. So I was very outspoken and very loud and very unapologetic and very fun and silly and let my belly hang out and dressed like a boy if I felt like it. That's who we really are. And then one day, you know, it's around fifth grade, sixth grade, all of a sudden, it really matters. Oh my God, wait, I can't act like that or people won't accept me. Mm. It's like, wait, if I want the cool girls to like me, I have to dress like them. If I want the boys to like me, I have to act a certain way. I have to wear a certain amount of makeup. I have to dress like, you know, I have to have my boobs out or whatever, you know, we start to think and we start to dim that authentic self, that silly, fun little girl that didn't care disappears and disappears and disappears and disappears. And we become the conditioning of our environment that continues to happen throughout our lives. And it's unless we can catch it and really look at who am I at my core? Who am I? Who did I come out of the womb as? Who did God or the universe, you know, whatever you believe in, create me as before all this shit started to hit me and make me feel like I wasn't good enough as I was. And that's what authenticity feels like brings so much weight to why self-awareness is such a powerful tool in your adult years. Like you are really just remembering who you are beneath all the layers of societal conditioning, of the fears, of anything that's learned. Fear isn't something that we're born with. If you take a baby and put them over a cliff, just going to laugh and sing and dance. But if you take a 13-year-old kid and put them over a cliff he's going to want to punch you. You know, yeah. like, I mean, it's these behaviors are learned. So it's almost like feeling authentic is just remembering who you are and going on that journey and celebrating that. And I want to, I, I, I love this so much because I do think that a lot of anxiety, a lot of mental health, a lot of like insecurities that people carry with them, the heavy shit that people have on their backs and their shoulders and responsibilities and their relationships stems from hiding and, and holding back and holding back that playful child, that self that wants to shine. Mm -hmm. How do you go about remembering who you are? There's a lot of ways that I do it. Um, one of them is it's, it's a great exercise to do because I remember when my dad found all these videos of me from when I was a kid and I sat down and I watched them and I cried my eyes out because I was like, oh my God, that's, that's who I am. That's who I was born to be. And it's really powerful. So if you have any videos of yourself when you were a kid, it's an unbelievably powerful thing to watch them and to really see who you were before all of the stuff started to hit you and all of the fears started to become learned and you started to dim your light because that's who you really are at your core. It's so cool. I love that. 
Yeah, it's it, I, go do it. Like text your mom and be like, mom, send me yeah. some. <laughs> she's got at least like, I think she's got, my mom is like a hoarder of pictures and videos and trinkets and trophies. So yeah, if I called her, this would actually be her favorite project on planet earth. I think it'll really blow your mind to watch yourself as a little kid. It really will. It, it, it changed me. And then, so I always try to remember. And like I said, like, would I say that to six-year-old Jen, the girl that I just watched in that video, who was like, you know, having a field day and her stupid, like overalls with Mickey Mouse on them, you know, singing and dancing on a table. Like, would you say that to her? No. But another thing that I really love to do when we forget this, like I actually learned this as an actress. So it's method acting, you know, whenever an actor needs to get really sad, act really sad or act really happy or get in any kind of state of emotion, you use that by grabbing old memories or, you know, when you've experienced that. So whenever I'm feeling like imposter syndrome or like I'm not good enough or I, I, I don't know who I am anymore, you know, we have those breakdowns like, who am I? I'm not good enough to do that. <laughs> I like to go to my badass list and I tell a lot of our clients and I teach this at UA. It's such a powerful tool because, you know, we all have those moments in our life where we were a complete and total badass or we were truly living in, in our authentic selves fully. So whether that's a moment where you were on stage and you were just like in flow and you crushed it or when your kid if you're a parent said, I love you for the first time or something like that. And you connected with them and you had this moment of like, oh, that's who, you know, those moments where you feel like this is life. This is me at my core. I am a badass and I'm loving it. And this is what it is. You take all those moments, you do a deep dive into those moments and you write them all down. And I keep it in my phone and my notepad. So it's always with me. Whenever you are feeling a little lost or you forget who you are, or you need to make a big important decision and you don't know which way to turn, or you're feeling like an imposter, or you're not good enough, you pull out that list and you read it. But here's the key. You read it as if you are reading about somebody else that you're scrolling social media and you're jealous of them. Oh, these are one of these people that you start comparing yourself to. You start reading all of these badass, unbelievable moments that they've had in their life and, and get jealous of that person. And get excited and like in awe of that person and really like, like that's, that's, you know, that's cool. Get into that moment. And then remember, holy, holy shit, that's me. And you can go even a step further and you can put yourself back in one of those moments and close your eyes and just take a breath and go there for a minute and be in that moment when you felt like a complete and total badass and so in alignment with who you were and in flow and feel that moment and be in that moment and capture it and then do whatever you're about to do in that feeling. Because when it comes down to it, we can really create feel any feeling we want if we really try. We don't need anything from the outside to create feelings within us. We can create it. That is beautiful. It's like you're, you're becoming your own hero. Oof. Like that's, yes. that's what I, I, I just closed my eyes and I just kind of imagine myself on in one of those moments, whether it was playing sports growing up or being on a stage somewhere or getting a thank you note from somebody or, I mean, you really are just being who you aspire to be. Mm -hmm. But when you remember that you've already been that person, you start to realize that you don't need to wait to have something or you don't need to get permission from anyone to, to be this. You already are. And it's yeah. a story and a decision. God, that was beautiful. Thank you for that, Jen. I really appreciated that. That was fun for me. I want to uh, transition. Actually, you mentioned UA. 
already explained this in the intro, but you can give a little insider on just kind of what UA is and the vision behind it. I've been to UA events and they're beautiful. And what I want to focus on though is how do you help people experience this? Like this has now become your 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 life. This is this is what you help people experience. And that's that's a really beautiful thing to become more like yourself in the eyes of the public and in in the eyes of of people that maybe I don't know. I'm just I'm curious, just how does this philosophy of being your own hero and being authentic and remembering who you are shine through the work you do today? So we work with entrepreneurs specifically or personal brands or business owners that want to serve more people, right? That want to get into the media so that they can help more people essentially. But ironically, the people that come to UA for the most part are more introverted and have a hard time sharing and talking about what they do. They have a hard, they don't like promotion. They don't like, you know, um, they think that it's kind of yucky to talk about yourself. And so the very first step in getting people to get to that place where they feel proud to step up and talk about what they do and fulfill their responsibility of sharing their gifts with the world because they've been given these gifts. So they have a responsibility to share them is to help them to believe that they're worthy to do that. And that what they have, like we like to say and help people in this way, like your mess is your message. So like, like I said, in the beginning of this interview, like I'm so grateful for all the shit that I went through and all of those bad things that happened to me and all of those times of, you know, hardship, because those are the tools that I use now to teach people and to help people. So figuring out like being proud of your mess and using it as your message to share and not being like, not hiding or trying to be somebody that you're not embracing who you are, the messy parts, the imperfections, because think about it. People don't relate to perfect people. I don't want to learn from somebody that's perfect. That's annoying. Like, cause nobody's perfect. I am going to learn and be inspired from somebody that's got the same problems as me. Yeah. So the, I like to say like your imperfections and your flaws, those are your superpowers. That's what's going to make people want to listen to you. So embrace those, embrace your mess as your message and be as you as you can possibly be. And the second that you step into being as you as you can possibly be, being proud of that and using those messes and those imperfections and like that authenticity to share your message, that's the thing that's going to propel your business to places you've never even imagined. Oh, dude, that's so great. I love, and this happens at at the Unfair Advantage events. Mm-hmm. I've been there, guys. I mean, really, the it is amazing, you know. And you mentioned this, you know, the introverted people are the ones that that feel like they're they feel icky promoting. But at the same time, I guess, like, I'm I'm curious now, just on your on your take on this, they're also very proud of their gifts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So where is the the disconnect here? Like, when you're proud of your gift, but you don't want to tell people about your gift. Like, doesn't that feel like a bit of an oxymoron? Like, how does that, how does that even happen? A hundred percent. I ask people all the time, people, they say to me, I hate self-promotion. I don't want to sound braggy. And the first question I say is, do you help people? And the first thing they say, oh, yes, I help so many people. I'm so good at what I do. And you should see my clients' results. So every day that goes by that you are not sharing about what you do, you are basically being selfish because you, somebody that needs your help is going to go pay somebody else and not you and not and that person that they pay is not going to care as much as you or is not going to get them as good of results as you could 
So then when you reframe it in that way, you're like, oh, I finally get it. But I think that more introverted people, they have a fear. There's there's always going to be, and I still experience this, and Raj, you can tell me if you experience this too, there's always that fear of what will they think of me? Yes. Always. Every day. <laughs> right? What will they think of me if, if I talk about what I do, right? If I, am I, I don't want to sound too braggy, but I always say to people, the people that are braggy and self-promotionally and yucky and those people that we don't, they're never asking themselves, do I sound too braggy? I don't want to sound too braggy. They're not saying that. So if you're saying that, you're never going to sound like that and you're never going to be that person. Another way to get over that, that fear of what people will think when you start to share your message, and this is how I did because I never used to share anything on social media because I didn't want to sound like I was bragging and I didn't want people to know about what I was doing. And then I started to believe a little bit more than I didn't that I had a message that I needed to share. So I slowly started to share. And this is how I got to sharing when I wasn't doing it. And the only way that I could do it was I would think about helping one person every day. We call it hope, help one person every day. So I would think about one specific person that was sitting in their living room and having a really hard time And I was going to write a post or do a Facebook live or create a video or send a message to that one specific person. And what that does is that takes me completely out of the equation and I'm completely focused on just helping somebody else. And then the fears go away. The fear of what other people think goes away. You don't even care because you're focused on helping one human. And then not only are you no longer in your ego and you're no longer thinking about yourself, but unbelievable content flows out of you because it's easy when it's about somebody else and it's not about you. Oh man, it's funny. I just had a speaking opportunity about a month ago, a few thousand people in the crowd and I was freaking out. You know, like, I mean, and I, it doesn't matter how small or big the crowds get, like the freak out is real. And I hope anybody listening, if you ever get, you know, like if you're ever in a situation, like you're not alone, (laughs) no matter how good you get, it's always going to be there. And so I was freaking out. And I I remember before I went on stage, I had to go to a room and, you know, just sit there by myself and meditate and calm myself. I had some essential oils I was putting on my, like on my wrist and I was trying to just calm myself down. But the one thing that brought me back to me feeling like myself being myself was remembering who I was doing it for. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought about, you know, who was sitting in that crowd. And it's funny, you said help one. I love that. Hope. That's that's beautiful. It doesn't need to be a million people. It doesn't matter. That is actually egoic, right? Like, you know, the that that when it just comes down to one person, that's what I did. I, I had one person in the crowd and I just imagined that person and where they were. And then I remembered who I was back in the day. Mm-hmm. And what I needed to hear in order for me to be successful, and it humanized the entire experience. It's like I was sitting with a friend, and just giving that friend and the confidence. And I don't know that burst like this giant story I had for myself around why I had to do this well. I had to go on stage and I had to crush it because otherwise I'd let that person down. Mm. And if I let that person down, then it's not about me. And then I did that person wrong. So I have a duty to shine. And it was weird how like the story just changed. I love that. It's a perfect example. I love how you did that. And you were able to flip that around and make it about one person that freed you completely. Freed. And you're right. It kind of just opens up the source of inspiration and content because Mm -hmm. I think we as human beings just want, we all want to make the world a better place. We want to help people. That's part of our nature. It doesn't matter how, where you are in life. That, That always feels good. So when you do that, you access reserves, 
right? You access insight source that comes from a much bigger mission, a much bigger lesson. And uh, man, I, Jen, you are awesome. <laughs> you are awesome. awesome. I loved this so much. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of you and, and, and how you just, you continue inspiring people to show up as their best selves and not even creating a new version of themselves, just remembering who they've always been. And I think there's something really beautiful in all of that. So no, I, I'm just so grateful that you took the time and you kind of went down the rabbit hole with me on this, on this episode. Thank you so much. Oh, Raj, I'm so honored. Do you have no idea? I'm super fan of you too. So we could go on and on. Yeah. <laughs> I love you. Uh, this is a love fest, but I feel like every time we talk so much like I'm inspired and I'm like actually gonna, you know, go, I, I have like things that I want to write down from this conversation. Like we, it was so beautiful and amazing. So yeah. I, I echo all of it. Guys, everybody listening, I hope you weren't frantically taking notes because I will be writing down how to get in contact with Jen, everything about unfair advantage. If you're somebody who's resonating with Jen's message, uh, all that will be in the show notes. Jen, I've got one last question for you. In the midst of the life you're creating and who you are and how you show up, how do you stay grounded? I stay grounded by always, I mean, remembering my higher power every day. I think that as long as I don't forget that, that it's not up to me and I surrender and I just allow and let love lead the way that I will always be okay. Let love lead the way. Boom. Mic drop. (laughs) Hell of a way to to wrap this up. But Jen, again, thank you so much. This is, this has been amazing, (laughs) but everybody that is a wrap for this week's episode of stay grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your friend, Jen. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.